right, y'all, this is uh, Word of the Week, number three, and this is Tony Mays, your host of Grow to Amazing Podcast. Today's Word of the Week is going to be a word that is very much needed in this day and time in general. Um, it's one that I've had to apply in my life a lot, and it's one I've also been not very good at doing sometimes, and that word is fortitude. And if I get to the point of publishing a video on this, uh, you'll see that I held up a book to the screen by Dan Crenshaw called Fortitude, American Resilience in the Era of Outrage. And I'm just starting that book, I'm, so I'm not going to try and do a review of it. But I think Dan's life or Dan's story has been one of inspiration to me, and I'm hoping to have him on the podcast at some point. But it's uh, not a story I'm going to tell today. So today is going to be just talking through what fortitude means to me, how I've had to summon it over the course of my life, how I've sucked at it sometimes, and how I am looking to get better at and what resources I'm using to do better with fortitude. So with developing fortitude and utilizing it and, and just making it part of my life. So uh, we'll try and keep this short though too. So uh, no worries there. But so I do want to talk about fortitude because it is something that I think a lot of people uh, don't, I don't know if people just don't know it doesn't apply or think it doesn't apply to them or something or what the deal is, but we seem to live in a culture today where we get to excuse our weakness or we get to make excuses for why we didn't do things or we just get to crawl into a safe space or something like that, rather than dealing with pain and dealing with with adversity and, and winning in spite of what's happening in our lives. So fortitude is defined as courage in pain or adversity, as in she endured her illness with great fortitude. And you can apply that in so many different areas of life, in particular, for me, it's how do I find fortitude in the challenges that I've had? I've talked about a lot of that over periods of time um, in different podcast episodes, but things like uh, getting laid off from my job and in the middle of, an, of, of the 2009 economic collapse and recession and, and not having a great backup plan, not having my finances together. There's lots of stuff that's at my side. Um, or that's that's my fault with that of being, you know, in debt and things like that. But I'm not sure how much fortitude I actually displayed in those time in those times because I think I hid from a lot. I think I buried myself in books that I read, and I've talked about struggles with pornography. That certainly played uh, was a good distraction at those points in times, because it would have been a, the perfect point in time, and that whole, I mean, the whole cycle of my divorce and losing my job and everything in there would have been a great time to reinvent myself and reinvent who I was and what I wanted to be. And to a point I did that, I, I got in shape finally, decently. Um, I started doing triathlons. I started, I did my first two Ironmans and maybe we'll talk about that as part of my fortitude journey. But 
in my personal life, things were still kind of screwed up and I wasn't necessarily letting, facing all of my demons and letting them all come to roost. So how I did display fortitude by keeping moving because I had a son to support. I had, uh, and then I had a wife to support as well as, as we moved on in there. So I, I had to do something and desperation drives solutions. So I didn't necessarily sit back and say, what do I want to do? It was more, what do I have to do? So there's a certain level of fortitude there, I think, but it, but I wouldn't say it was positively driven in many senses of the word. It was desperation driven to an extent. I don't know if that makes sense or not, and maybe somebody can relate to that. Um, but I didn't rely on God. I didn't come through it with a quiet strength. I think I came through it more with just, like I said, a sense of, of desperation and and uh, distracted myself with a lot of different things. Uh, I was doing all my triathlon training then, so I think that was a good energy release and, and way to let uh, things like uh, the the challenges of that time out as a as a positive release rather than drinking drinking my sorrows my supposed sorrows away but I think there was a lot of not taking ownership of of my troubles that were you know mainly self-manufactured uh, but you know I came through it at some point you know, I definitely found a job in 2010 and, well, 2009 and 2010. Uh, but I think I've spent the time since then uh, uh, working my way through all of those, all, all of the the end result of, of, of settling, maybe to an extent. I don't know if that's a way to put it. Uh, the job that I've had for the last 10 years has been a good one. Um, it's it's paid my bills. It's supported my family. It's been it's been good. At the same time, has it fulfilled me in every way, shape, or form that I could hope for? No. It, and I apologize to anybody that I work with that's listening to this. Um, I just I need more, and that's what I'm looking to do. So that's where I'm working. Uh, and, and since then, we've applied. I've applied fortitude in so many different areas of my life, or tried to, to the best of my ability. And I can start with my wife and I's journey to have children, dealing with infertility. I don't think I've talked about that on here a whole lot, but our first two children together were uh, conceived through IUI. Um, and that was a long journey, a several year journey to get to that point. So Will was born in 2013. We were married in 2011 and had been trying uh, you know, there was, you know, it was, it was a multi-year process for us. <coughs> so supporting my wife, supporting her, you know, supporting her through this journey, making it, making it successfully through that and building our marriage and keeping our marriage together as we fought those demons was tough. And, and how did we do that? It was a lot of communication. It was a lot of talking, crying, but it was also, uh, we had faith back then. We were, 
we were definitely praying a lot. Uh, we were struggling with our faith to an extent at the time, but it definitely helped us out through that time period. And verses like 1 Chronicles chapter 28, verse 20, David also said to Solomon, his son, be strong and courageous and do the work. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord God, my God is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you until all the work for the service of the temple of the Lord is finished. So Deuteronomy 31 chapter, or chapter 31 verse 6, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. And I think we could have let ourselves through that journey get trapped in and blaming God for things or blaming each other or, or, or just being completely negative about things. And there were definitely times where it felt that way um, or moments where we could have let it tip the scales over into something very negative and very dark. But we leaned on each other, we leaned on God, and we got through it, and now we have three wonderful boys. The first two were born with IUI, which was a complete blessing. The third was even more of a blessing because God came through for us, and, and it was completely natural conception. Um, so that's kind of one example of fortitude, but it took more than just me to fight through all of that. We had to have God, we had to rely on God. We had to rely on each other. And we had to realize that, that uh, I had to be there for my wife as we dealt with all of this. Uh, we already had an example that I could con, you know, contribute to conception with my older son from previous marriage. So, um, so it was just something we had to work through together to support my wife and, and get there. But we were successful and we made it through that. A uh, couple quotes on fortitude, just wanted to add. Patience and fortitude conquer all things, Ralph Waldo Emerson. Or I don't know who Louis Neiser is, but I know of no higher fortitude than stubbornness in the face of overwhelming odds. <laughs> Maybe that's a good one. Just never giving up, never giving in, and never stopping all the way to the finish. Theodore Roosevelt, Teddy Roosevelt, the longer I live, the more I think of the quality of fortitude. Men who fall, pick themselves up, and stumble on, fall again, and are trying to get back up when they die. That's a little morbid, but it definitely works because uh, you've got to never stop. You've got to never give up, even in the face of pain, agony, and continuing on. And uh, in 2010, I did a half Ironman in, in Denver, Colorado, or Boulder, Colorado, actually. And about 40 miles, it was a 56-mile bike ride as part of the half Ironman, and 40 miles into that bike ride, I mishandled a water bottle at a aid station and flipped over the handlebars of my bike and cracked several ribs, got some epic road rash, and had a decision to make. My bike was fine, 
um, because I took the brunt of the damage. I had stayed clipped into my to my pedals. I uh, the wheel the handlebars locked over to the side and flipped me over. Um, and I could if if I wanted to continue, my bike could continue and get me there. Was I okay at the time? I think I was in shock probably a little bit, but that was not the point of my fortitude. There was some to make that decision to get back on the bike and get going and uh, finish out that bike ride because I knew that I was not done there. I had a half Ironman yet to go and, or a half marathon yet to go. 13 miles I had to, to quote unquote run. I did not run most of that race. Uh, it was also an epically hot day for that time of year. It was August in in Boulder, and while it wasn't that hot at 70, low 70s, uh, we were running laps around a reservoir, and there was no shade. It was no clouds, so it was HOT hot. And after a while, the adrenaline of that bike crash wears off, and you've got to decide, am I going to keep going? Am I going to finish this? And so that is where resiliency and, and courage in the face of adversity come through. And it's a micro example of that. I'm not saying I stormed the beach at Normandy, Normandy or anything like that, but at that time, it was one of the hardest things physical activities I had ever done was to make it through to the finish of that race. I had two or three cracked ribs, uh, the road rash and muscle trauma uh, starting to tighten up on me. So making it through to the finish of that race was tough. And how did I do that? I just said, I am not going to quit. You're going to have to carry me out of here on an ambulance, but I'm not sitting down, I'm not stopping, I'm gonna go all the way to the end and finish this race that I came a thousand miles to do. And I did. Made it all the way to the end because I knew I just I wasn't gonna quit. There was nothing that was going to prevent me from finishing that race. And uh, I wanted that finisher's medal. I wanted everything I wanted a bow on top of a great week that my fiance and I had had that out there. Um, and I just wanted the finish of that race to be done. Or I was, you know, there was nothing that was going to prevent me from being there. Now, I also had to go back a month later and do Ironman Wisconsin, where the longest run that I had prior to the 26.2 marathon or mile marathon was that half marathon that I basically walked a month earlier. And that kind of took a second level of fortitude and courage to make it through. My ribs were still largely cracked, but they were better. And I had found that after the first quarter mile or so of running, I could kind of, everything kind of went numb and I could do some runs. But I could not do a 20-miler. I could not do a two-hour run uh, prior to the race. So I knew going in that my training, I couldn't do a 100-mile bike ride either, which is normally what you do prior to an Ironman. So my goals for a finishing time kind of went out the window. And my goal now was just to finish. And... 
I ended up doing about the same time that I had previously, the previous year, uh, 14 hours and something, um, because I knew I just had to pace myself. I just had to take it easy and and not try to do too much that day. But there was going to be a point in time where I'm going to come up against my training limits and going to have to dig deep. And that's where you go to parts of yourself that you may not know are there, parts, parts of yourself that you know that you don't know what's in there. And you go inside yourself and decide, am I going to keep going? Am I going to give up? Am I going to quit and step to the side and let the next person run past me? And I definitely chose not to do that and finish that race as well because, I don't know, it, it, I went there to finish that race and I was going to do it. So... Fortitude to me is digging deeper than, and, and you can have micro examples of this every day. It can be dealing calmly with a flat tire. It can be having your kids acting up and not getting crazy mad at them, but calmly dealing with the situation as it comes up and, and, showing them what fortitude under fire, courage under fire looks like. My son, Adam, that's 19, is going through this right now. He's learning all about what fortitude means to him. He's in basic training for the Army. And I think he's seeing a lot of this firsthand of how do I, how do I dig deeper than I've ever had to dig before? How do I go further than I've ever had to do before? And I think in today's culture, a lot of that gets excused that a lot of people think I can make excuses for why I didn't do something. I can stop. I can, I don't have to, to pay my student loans. I don't have to do this. I don't have to do that. And how do I, how do you teach your kids to be courageous and to have fortitude as one of their main qualities. It's tough and I don't always do a good job at it there. There's definitely times in my life I've failed since then. I get angry at my kids. I get angry at them just this weekend for sure. Uh, but I'm trying to learn and have that emotional intelligence where I can catch myself before I let their struggles get to me so that I can be there for them to teach them something about fortitude. So if they fail at something like not making it on the monkey bars, not being able to read a particular passage in a book, then I can be there to teach them and help them learn and become stronger and support them to an extent of, and not I don't want to enable them to be weak or to provide strength that they don't have inside themselves, but I want them to understand what fortitude feels like to them. So part of fortitude is going to be failing and how do you bounce back from it? So they have to taste failure and come out the other side of it to, to take the next step and to feel 
that taste of failure and to have the courage to go try again anyway, that's what I'm trying to build in my kids. That's what I'm trying to build in myself half the time. So that's why I'm using books like Fortitude by Dan Crenshaw, why I'm using books like Sovereignty by Ryan Mickler, Jocko Willink's Extreme Ownership to build that fortitude inside myself and, and build up the characteristics in myself that I want to pass on to my boys and to exhibit to my wife and to build a stronger marriage and to, uh, to make this journey that we're in in a camper around this beautiful country a success. I can't freak out every time something goes wrong with, goes wrong with the camper. Otherwise, this journey is going to be freaking miserable. But what I can do is display fortitude and courage and take a deep breath and say, you know, what's the worst that's going to happen? It can get pretty bad, but what's the worst that's going to happen? How can we move past this? How can we make this a learning experience and a success? And take a deep breath. The campground we're at right now, Brunswick Family Campground in Brunswick, Maryland, Boy, we took a wrong turn coming down here and ended up on some roads with a 42-foot fifth wheel that we had no business being on. That took a deep breath and courage to take our family home down, that, down the street that we went down. I'm not trying to pat my own back. I'm just trying to give an example of that. And where we wanted to take a right turn, we couldn't. I had to take a left turn, go back to where we came into the town, and thank God there was a roundabout there that I could easily go around and come back at it and take the right turn instead of, instead of the wrong one that I had done previously. And then work our way into the campground and get used to you know, moving this camper even more. So, but it's setting that example of not freaking out when the chips are down, of not losing it when the chips are down. That's what people are looking for. That's what your kids are looking for. And that's what you, your wife or your husband is looking for out of you, is strength under fire, courage under fire, and, but not being emotionally disconnected. You can have emotions, that's okay, um, but not letting it go too far, but showing courage and strength. And I know I've got some interviews coming up on here, um, probably not quite this Friday, but hopefully soon that's going to illustrate that to you in spades. So I'm going to stop there because otherwise I'm going to keep on talking and make this much longer than I wanted to. So fortitude, learn about it, study it. You don't have to read the books I read. There's plenty of other good ones out there. Uh, but I hope you take a look at this and, and, and appreciate what we're trying to do here, subscribe, share, help us out a little bit. Um, but I just hope if I can reach one person with this, that it makes sense, that it helps you to grow and be a more, be more amazing in your own life that we've helped somebody out here. So for Grow to Amazing, this is Tony out. Mm -hmm.